Hi everyone, I'm Dee. And I'm Alex. And together we're DNA. And you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast. Do we really need to have similar interests and a lot of things in common to guarantee a successful relationship with our partner? Hmm, it's a good question. I don't know, but let's explore that in this episode titled Same, Same, But Different. Do you think a couple needs to have similar interests, Alex, to get along and to to survive their relationship? Uh, That's a good question. I think it's probably good if you have some interests that are similar, Um, but I don't think everything needs to be the same. Because I I know people that um, will often um, discount a a potential partner because um, they have very different interests, very varied interests. And, um, you know, I, I I think it's a little bit of a dilemma for people because, you know, they, they, they may be missing out on a potentially fantastic relationship. And do you think because the interests are different? I know I've got friends who have passed on a potential relationship because the other person didn't like going to the gym. Like they loved exercising and working out. So the question is, is that enough of a reason not to pursue a relationship? And I guess it depends on whether there's other things that are all lined up as well. Hmm. You wouldn't necessarily do, you know, pass on a relationship because of one aspect, but I'm sure that there are people who are that picky that that is actually their reality. I think if you're obsessed with um, bodybuilding and exercise, that can be your whole life for some people. Mm. And so I, I understand that, that that's what they're focused on. But I don't know if, if, it's, if, if it would be a well-rounded relationship in the long run. So interests would include things like hobbies, activities, food that you're interested in, the types of food, holiday interests – music, you know, passion and and taste in music. And they can be so varied. Um, You can potentially be in a relationship with someone where you hardly have any interests in common and it can work quite well. So how does that happen? Because I know in some relationships, who has control over the remote control is critical because the differences in tastes in TV programs can cause a lot of tension in some relationships. Yeah, and particularly if you're really into reality TV and that's you all you watch. Me? Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> well, you're right in front of me, so I can't help but look at you. Um, but, yeah, reality TV uh, is is very detrimental to a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but, babe, it's so real. No, I have to admit I do indulge in reality TV sometimes. I love MasterChef. I love MasterChef. But anyway, um, going back to interests, the person that does have control of the TV can is often um, the person in control of a lot of things, I think. Oh, well, yes and no. But, I mean, TV aside, yeah. are there other interests that are critical to a relationship working out? Because I know... Um, 
we've talked before about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes, you remembered. I do remember that. I had to clean up all the horse do after. <laughs> um, and so are there any warning signs in terms of, you know, is there a limit to how many interests you need to have in common or mm. can absolutely no interest in common still work between a couple? Yeah, so uh, look, I think there's no magical formula and let's have a look. Let's use us as an example. If we look at the sort of interests that we have in common, and I had to think about this before we started this discussion, and we definitely have an interest in eating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm uh, with you there. But no, seriously, trying different food, trying different cuisines, that's something that we both love to do. But what if we didn't? What if I loved very exciting, spicy food and you just like bland, plain food? Mm. Is that is that going to cause a problem? Um, it depends on how much focus you put on it. Mm. And um, if if that is something that's going to become a problem within your relationship and in the scheme of things it's it's a small part of the relationship because there are other aspects that are even more important like how you communicate with each other how you manage conflict how you um show respect and you know regard for each other these things are much more important than sharing you know similar interests and and you know doing hobbies together and activities together so in the scheme of things i think if that's the focus then it's a very narrow focus yeah i mean it feels quite superficial even just talking about it that yeah. you would have a successful relationship or not based on what tv shows you like to watch or you yeah. know whether you both had the same like of uh, the same cuisine, I guess. But I think for me what's more important is the common values that you would have with a person because that's really getting down to the nitty-gritty of who the person is, not just the things they like to do but who mm. they actually are. Yeah, so going back to just you and I, before we move on to common values, because I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, but um, we also have an interest in live music. We both love to see live bands um, and hear a variety of, of live music. That's another interest of ours. Um, we also like to talk about relationships, and that's why we started this podcast. But there are some things that we don't share in common. Do you want to share some of those, Alex? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> For example, Alex is into IT and anything Google. Technology, <laughs> love technology. Yeah, and I'm not really into that. I mean, I, I'm in, like, I, I, I'm interested if he brings it up because we can discuss it together. But it's not something I go seeking um, to find out information about. Another thing is that I love to dance salsa and, and I love Latin music. And we do have that in common because I love to eat salsa. <laughs> Back to the food issue. Mm -hmm. See, we do I, have that in common. I think we have a food issue here. Mm. Uh, so th there's an example of something that we don't really share, uh, the love of you know salsa and, and Latin dance. But we do have that respect for each other that says live and let live. So yes. if you love to do that... Go and do it because I know it makes you happy and that makes you a better person. And the other thing is that um, when you have differences 
um, of interest, when you have varied interests, it's it actually creates um, you know interesting things to come back and talk to your partner about. It it's creates that um, point of difference where you can discuss something new and maybe even expand your relationship and expand that conversation about a whole new area that your partner doesn't know about. So it can, it can add value to your relationship. As long as your partner shows somewhat of an interest, not necessarily in doing the activity. Uh, but at least listening or, to you talk about it when yeah. you want to talk about it. Yeah, and I guess that's also a sign of respect and regard for your partner. Hmm. Yeah, no, look. Interest, I think, is one of those things that are optional to have in common. Yeah. It's sometimes it's nice to do the same thing together. I know Dee likes to go and punch a boxing bag thingy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's called and, boxing. <laughs> oh, is that what that's called? Boxing. Yeah. Um, and has said it would be nice if I came along and did it with her. Look, it's not my thing. Um, you know, you mean exercise? The other thing I like with boxing <laughs> is unboxing some technology, but that's probably about it. Um, but I would be open to going to do it, but I, it's probably not my thing. But yeah. that's fine. But I'm thrilled that you are enjoying doing it and you found something that works for you. Yeah, and it's something I go off and do on my own, but I come back and share with you um, the energy that it, that it gives me each time I you know, do a workout or you know the insights I have about my body, or or the lack of flexibility my body has. So it's a relatively new area for me, but it's it's another point of interest for us to discuss um, and expand our relationship in a different way. Yeah. Agreed. So I think I think it's lovely that we have different interests. Yeah. So okay. So moving on, interest is one thing. Values to me feels like you need to have some level of alignment in your values, in your core values. And I guess it's those core values that probably one person is looking for in the other when you first start dating. Are we aligned? Do we share the same kind of outlook on life? Mm. I, I think a lot of people tend to focus on the outwardly obvious uh, activities and things that a person is involved in um, and and tend to leave the core values or the discussion about core values a lot later. So uh, core values, do you need to have similar core values to make a relationship work? I think yes. I think definitely yes. Do you need to have similar interests? Not necessarily. Mm. So uh, you're right, Alex. I, th I think the more core values you share, the, the more the relationship it can be entwined and, and work together towards a, a common goal. So core, core values are often beliefs formed in childhood. So they're formed very early and um, they may vary as you get older and you form you, you formulise your core values and you sort of um, make them more concrete as you get older. But they include things like your belief about family or the importance of family, um, children, having children, not having children, money. How do you manage your money? And is it important to have money or to save money? Um, your belief about religion or faith, political beliefs, your lifestyle and how you spend your time. So these are all core, these are examples of core values. So let me give you an example. If you had a core belief that life is enjoyable 
Um, and experiencing fun is an essential part of living a dynamic life, then this might clash with a person that holds a belief that life is to be taken seriously and hard work is more important than having fun. Mm, Yeah, I don't think I could date someone like that. (laughs) (laughs) So knowing what your own core values are, I think, is really important, whether you're in a relationship or whether you're wanting to meet somebody um, and you're dating and you're, and you're wanting to form an intimate relationship. And this is something we talked about, I think, in an earlier episode about taking stock of yourself and knowing where you sit because you can't really go out and date and meet someone if you don't know who you are and what you're looking for and what's important to you. That's correct. And and I'm thinking back to Alex when before we you and I met. and There was no life before you and I met. Oh, what are you talking about? that's sweet. Uh, But before you and I met, and I don't know about your process because we've talked about it briefly, but um, and you probably don't even remember (laughs) so long ago, almost 18 months? Something like that. Something like that. But I went through a process of looking at my core values, what's important to me in a partner and what kind of person I'm looking for. And I actually just jotted those down just to to remind myself. And what I was looking for was someone who was optimistic um, with with an attitude of of gratitude about life. Um, They had a GSOH. A good sense of hummus. (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) I love hummus. Um, But the other thing I really value are people who are respectful to all people and show kindness to, to all people, whether it's, you know, a family member, um, a colleague, or even, you know, the waiter at the cafe that you just ordered, you know, coffee um, with. And someone with a high level of emotional intelligence, emotional awareness. These are things that I really valued. And I noticed in that list that money isn't high on the list. Um, I didn't even mention money. But you know, that list might be very different and look very different for some other person. So that's what I was looking for in a partner. Well, you lucked out. You got me instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, I didn't luck out because um, the, the one of the reasons why I did uh, respond to your online message, and there's a bit of a debate about who contacted who first online, we did meet on a dating app. We did. And we might talk about dating That's a whole other and podcast. online dating <laughs> in the future. But um, one of the reasons I responded to Alex's um, initial uh, comment. That was that, with, that was a, a shirt off photo of me, you know, straddling no. <laughs> on a horse and, you know, with the Adonis look. Was that the one? Oh, that's not the one that you sent me, but oh, you no. might be thinking about someone else, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> But no, actually, your profile photo had um, angel wings, mm. if you remember, and you were standing there very casually with angel wings in the background. It was a like a fo- you were in front of a photograph mm. of angel wings, and and I really liked that. It, it almost looked very angelic, yeah, but cool at the same time. But I I read a lot of those values in what you wrote on your profile, and that's what sparked my interest, yeah, and that's why I responded. So. I was looking more for someone who held similar values to me. I think in the past when I've entered into relationships, I feel like I'm opening up quite a bit about my personal life. I haven't really examined the um, what, what was important for me 
not just in a relationship, but in terms of what I valued for my life, for what was important to have in my life with a partner. And I, no one have actually taught me how to do that. No one, no one sat down and, and discussed that with me. So this is going to be one of those things that they teach in schools. This is a life skill that you need to learn at school. Everyone needs to learn this basic who am I, where do I fit in the world yeah. kind of thing. Well, this is a challenge because if you sit down with a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old or even a 16-year-old and you, sit, you ask them, what, what are your values, do you know what answer you would get? Nope. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because it is something that you develop over time and with maturity. But I think it's just an essential thing when you come into your adult years to explore that for yourself. Because how you live your life um, is often determined by your values. And mm. if you meet someone that clashes with those values, then the relationship's going to be um, either really, really difficult or full of conflict. Or so, both. Okay, so in terms of... Values. Is there a list of priorities or what values are more important than others? What's, what's an acceptable level of similarity or alignment in values that makes it viable? And what's the threshold that makes it completely a no-go? I, I don't think, a, a bit like the interest, there's no magic formula, but I think the more values you have in common, the more compatible you'll be as a couple. And, you know, they've done a lot of research to can we, show that... Can we that start a new business called Tinder for Values? Because I think yes. that could really work. That could really work. Yeah. Tinder for Values. not about your looks. It's not all about your interests. It's your values. Well, then you'd have to have no photo. Yeah, that could work. <laughs> no profile pic. But I've always said that there needs to be a Tinder for um, emotionally mature people where it's, it's not based on appearance yep. only. But appearance is, is important in terms of attractiveness and, and being attracted to somebody as sure. well. That's what draws you to someone initially, at least. Possibly, yeah. And for some people, it's what maintains the relationship. Yeah. But if, if that's part of your core value, that I need to ha be physically attracted and sexually attracted to my partner at all times, if you hold that as a core value and your partner puts on weight or changes in some way, or dresses differently to what you're used to, then that's going to be an issue for you. And it, it may be a, a, you know, um, a point of conflict where you know, it might be a deal breaker for mm. some people. Absolutely. But what I was going to say before is the couples that um, have the most longevity in their relationship are the couples that have the most core values um, in common. And, you know, once your children grow up, once you've, you know, you've finished your, you know, work life and, and you're retired, it's, it's really the values that keep a couple together. And you often see couples that separate, um, particularly after their children have, have, you know, finished high school or, or you know, finished a certain stage the of life. The empty nesters. The empty nesters mm. that separate, it's because... They really stuck it together for the sake of the kids. Well, they were just busy looking and, after the kids, yeah. helping the kids grow up. Yeah. And when they find themselves together by themselves, it's very quiet. Yeah. And then there's that sense of what do we really have in common? Mm. So the core values are at, at 
you know, and the reason why we call them core values, they're at the core of, the, of you as a person, but they're at the core of the relationship. So I know for me, one of my core values is about helping other people and, you know, making a difference in, in people's lives. And, and I think that's something we definitely share in common. And this is, you know, one of the other main reasons that we started this podcast with the hope that people might get a little bit of benefit out of our discussions here. Um, and I, I mean, I work with, with couples and families and young people, um, and I feel like I make a difference. But to go to a wider audience, you know, it's just an amazing expression of something that I believe in. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That is something, um, I mean, look, we're enjoying this process of working on this podcast together. So it's a great interest. But behind that interest is the desire to actually make a difference for people. And we both share that. And that, I think, is more of a value than anything, that we both care about people and aim to uh, make a difference in people's lives. So speaking of differences, Mm. how do you tolerate differences in a relationship? Because you and I are not exactly the same. We are not clones of each other. Surprise, surprise. No, if we were, I probably wouldn't be dating me. (laughs) (laughs) You would be same-sex attracted. Yes. That could be weird. <laughs> maybe. For some people, maybe not. What an not. attractive person I am. <laughs> so you didn't answer my question. Oh, am I avoiding it? Um, what was the question again? How do you handle differences? Let me ask you the question for, for a change. How do you handle differences? I think, well, let's apply it to a real-life situation, us. Hmm. So we don't have everything in common that we like to do. But we have a genuine respect for each other and a desire for the other person to be their true selves and their true happy selves. And as long as what you want to do isn't um, detrimental to me or those around you, then I would say go for it and completely accept and happy for you to pursue those differences. Mm. Can you can you think of an example where the differences might have an impact on our relationship or or have done? Um, well, I mean, I remember earlier on, like you like to go salsa dancing, right? Mm. And I didn't do salsa dancing, um, and that meant a night that we weren't going to spend time together. Um, it's a very simple example, mm. but it just meant that. I had to decide that not spending time with you, although it's not my preferred option, I knew that you were out there doing something that you really wanted to do. And so I fully accepted that and, you know, wished you the best doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you you went through a process of acceptance of yeah. this is who I am and this is something that makes me happy so you were okay with that yeah it wasn't quite as elaborate as all the stages of grieving (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah no it um, it certainly was uh, something that I wished for you to do and Mm. pursue because that's that's you know when you love someone you want them to do yeah the things that they want to do so here's a difference that that kind of stands out for me Alex is a very clean, neat person. Not that there's anything wrong with it. 
what did they say? Slim, neat, and well-dressed or something like that. Anyway, um, I'm thinking of Seinfeld. Yes. Um, and and I'm, you're not I'm so a little much. bit on the messy side. It's like the odd couple. <laughs> a little bit. I'm not and quite Felix. You're not quite Oscar, but yeah. somewhere in there. I, and I, I mean, I'm not. You know, I like to clean and, and keep a clean place, but I'm not as pedantic as Alex is. So there's a difference that we had to come to terms with. Now, Are you okay with me cleaning? Oh, it's really hard to accept. <laughs> I can't see this being an issue. <laughs> Actually, this is a win-win for me. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> if I leave it, Alex will clean it. Um, but I don't know. How, how is it for you? No, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not that... ADD about it, you know. It's not. It's not something I have to do. OCD. ADD. <laughs> A- it all adds up. ABC. <laughs> yeah. It's an acronym. Uh, yeah, I'm not that OCD about it, um, and so it doesn't bother me that. I mean, I don't have to clean everything, and in fact, I don't always clean. It just looks clean. It's not really clean, mm. um, and I'm not too fussed when. Your stuff isn't so clean. It it uh, it might raise an eyebrow but, <laughs> now and again, but yeah, I don't pop a vein or anything. Yeah. Mm. So I think what you said earlier, the key is acceptance. Um, being able to um, come to a, a level of acceptance that there are certain things you're not going to change about your partner. So I'm never going to be OCD about washing the dishes. It's just. I can't see it happening, Alex. (laughs) And I'm quite comfortable with leaving a dish or two overnight and washing it later. And now if that was disturbing... Hang on, I'm starting to shake a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, if that was disturbing to you, now you're telling me you're shaking. So, yes, it is disturbing to him. No, but you've got to pick your battles, right? Not everything. If everything that isn't what you like to do is going to throw you, then you're just going to be constantly going off. And, you know, that makes it very Mm. difficult to have a a life together. So having that core value in common of kindness and respect, one of the ways that we've managed that is to be able to talk to each other and, and request things kindly of each other, like, do you mind if... And I remember this early on in our relationship. Do you mind if you wash, if you could wash that cup? Um, or can you bring that cup downstairs from the bedroom and wash it um, rather than just leaving it upstairs? And look, the way that Alex asked, um, requested that of me was, was so pleasant. Then how could I refuse? And I think say it started no? with Your Royal Highness. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. That helps. Little, little bit of flattery. Um, so. That's, I think acceptance is the key and not trying to change your partner. Is it possible to make those changes in your partner? No. I think you need to give up on that. You can can make um, changes within yourself. Yes. And that way you can be more tolerant and you can adjust your expectations just a little bit and that's how you can have a compromise on certain things. Now, that doesn't mean you have to give in to absolutely everything, but if both of you have that same approach then you'll find some middle ground generally. Yeah. And I believe acceptance goes a little bit deeper than tolerance. Tolerance is like, oh, he's, you know, he's cleaning again. But I don't do anything to stop you or interfere (laughs) with it. No, nor would I in this case. But (laughs) acceptance is like, well, this is important to Alex. It's important that 
you know, for his sense of, I don't know, cleanliness or order, particularly I think it's about orderly, being orderly, um, to have that job done, the dishes clean before he goes to bed. I think it's good to get rid of the bodies and everything off the floor before, you know. I don't just know what you're talking about. <laughs> to walk around otherwise. So for me to be able to accept that that's who you are, it's, it just goes deeper than tolerating it. That. Now, we're talking about an example that's very easy for me to accept. Mm. And there are other things that might be harder to accept. Um, like if we flip that over, for you to accept that I can be messy and leave things lying around, clothes in particular, in the bedroom, and for you to walk past it and be okay with that might be a harder challenge for you to accept. Oh, look, I think if I'm being completely honest, probably yes. one of the more difficult things would be dog hair. Dog hair? Yeah, not you. Do I have dog hair? Yeah. <laughs> no. So Dee has a dog. Yes. And her Velvet. She's dog, gorgeous. Velvet. And Velvet sheds hair. And Just the a hair bit. is everywhere. Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit hard. I, you know, try and clean it up, but. It, it does get into everything, the food. No, hope <laughs> not. Uh, she's not allowed in the kitchen and she's not allowed on the bed and on the couches. So she's, um, she's improving. She's getting better. But you're right. That's been hard for you to manage because you don't have a dog and you don't have – therefore you don't have dog hair everywhere. Well, I have had dogs, but I've had dogs that don't shed hair. So having hair everywhere stuck to all my clothes, to everything – is something new, but I accept that it is a package deal, that Velvet is part of you and your life. She's my baby. She's your baby. And um, and it's just part of the deal. So I accept that. I could go nuts about it. I could be frustrated about it. I could mm. be upset about it. Or I could say, no, can't do this. But mm. no, because the relationship that Dee and I have means a lot more than just some dog hair. So it's not a deal breaker for you? No, it's not a deal breaker. That's good. Hmm. That's good to know. So let's talk about something that's um, quite distinctively different between us, and that's our cultural differences. I thought you were going to talk about I don't have any hair. I, I was going to talk about that, <laughs> that velvet's compensating for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> Alex doesn't have any hair on his head. That's by choice. It's not my choice, but it's by choice. By choice. Uh, yeah, cultural differences. Now, there's an area that's been quite challenging for us at times. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think initially. Um, so let's, let's tell the listeners a little bit about our background. So I uh, was born in Australia and uh, come from a Jewish background. Not practicing per se, but enjoy the traditions and uh, and the food. <laughs> um, and Dee, why don't you tell the listeners about yourself? Yeah, so I wasn't born in Australia. I was born in Turkey and was brought up um, in a Muslim household. And um, my parents, as they got older, were quite um, you know heavily involved in their faith and still are. But I guess I'm more. Um, uh, sort of broad-minded about it and I guess you would say non-practicing, similar to Alex. So Yes, I'm also a non-practicing Muslim. <laughs> and I'm a non-practicing <laughs> Jew. 
But with the political differences as well, we've had to deal with, you know, some of those issues. The other uh, major difference for me and the chal- and one of the ch- major challenges for me was that uh, most, I would say most of Alex's friends are Jewish, whereas I have friends from varied cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds. And, um, you know, that, that was um, an interesting kind of point of difference for us. Uh, something that we had to talk about and work through. Yeah, it was uh, something that was new for both of us to navigate through this, but through patience and exposure to new things and talking about those things and, um, again, being respectful to each other. And what we found was not only did we find that we were more similar than we were different through that process, but through being completely open to it, we were actually enjoying discovering things about another person that we really had no knowledge of or limited knowledge of. And as Dee pointed out earlier, having interests that are different can quite often be energising and... Um, shed light on new experiences that you otherwise wouldn't be privy to. And I think in our cultural um, differences, we've learned a lot more about each other and about these cultures and that a lot of what we do is very similar and it's really been quite an enjoyable journey to learn more about each other. And I have to be really honest, at the beginning I did... Uh, and Alex may remember this, I did question whether, um, and I think we both questioned whether being, um, you know, of the Muslim faith and background and the Jewish faith and background, whether this could work for us as a couple. And um, what I've loved about this journey so far is finding out about some of the Jewish customs and rituals. And, you know, some of them are quite beautiful and they're very community-orientated. And we've had interesting discussions about um, the, some of the rituals and, and beliefs are very similar to the Muslim rituals and beliefs. They're just sort of packaged differently and, and, and you know, called different names. And some of them are very similar because of that Arabic or Arab, Arab what's yeah. the word? Uh, Judeo-Arabic Judea, background. Semitic, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, all that stuff. So that's been exciting going, hey, we do that too. Um, and I know about that, but we do it slightly differently. And, and that's it's just been, different marketing, that's all. Different marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Different packaging, different marketing. But we decided that for us, and getting back to, again, core values, all that stuff didn't really matter so much. It was there, but it didn't matter so much. At the end of the day, we needed to be on the same page as people with values that were similar because regardless of what religion or cultural background, we both share um, an interest in the importance of family and friends and the core values that are really important to us and those relationships. Um, So for us, that's Mm. far more important than any of that other stuff. And that's the only reason that... um to, I guess, what would appear to be opposing religions, and I'm finding out 
they're not that different. But it appears to be on the surface. It's the only reason why we can make this work because we are very open-minded and we, we share that common um, value about um, respect and and openness about different cultures and a fascination. We're, we're both in awe of different cultures and and different beliefs, so we can talk about it quite openly. Yeah, and look, if you would have asked us, could we have predicted or seen that uh, we would be dating someone of another culture or faith in this way, probably wouldn't have been on the radar. No. But when we met on that first date, we knew that there was something there between two humans. And at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to because we can... um, be together without any other noise around and feel very, very comfortable in each other's company. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. The other thing I wanted to bring up, Alex, just maybe we can we can um you know end with this, is um I read this fantastic book uh by Ariel Ford called Wabi Sabi Love. I love Wasabi Love. It stings a little bit but (laughs) it's spicy. But wabi-sabi love um, is – the word wabi-sabi is based on the Japanese philosophy of finding the beauty in imperfections. And Hang on. What are you saying, babe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. I, I you know, stuff things up sometimes. Surprise, surprise. But I do, and, and I do things that probably get on your nerve and vice versa. And you definitely do things that get on my nerve. <laughs> That's all coming out now. So – This book is fantastic and I would recommend this book to anybody, whether they're in a relationship or looking, you know, to find love. And in this book, she looks at the art of finding perfect love in imperfect relationships because there are no perfect relationships as we discussed in our, one of our previous episodes. But it's all about accepting the imperfections and coming to terms with the fact that this is who your partner is. I'm not suggesting we accept abusive behavior or tolerate um you know rudeness or disregard for the other but um some of those interests and mannerisms and um maybe passion for football where i have no interest in football luckily alex isn't Has into it no either, in football either. <laughs> so these are the things that come to mind where um you know showing a little bit of interest in in your partner's interests is a good way of joining their world as well so I would highly recommend that book. Um, and the other thing that we, we haven't really touched on is being able to accept the differences without judgment because it's the judgment and criticism that can often create a wedge between people. And that sort of goes on from what you said before. It's not a matter of just tolerating the difference, but it's actually accepting and authentically accepting it, not just pretending or not just... It's like apologising and saying, sorry, but you're not really sorry. Yes. It's really accepting it and going, you know what? There is a difference and I'm okay with it. Genuinely. That's it, it, Alex. So that's all for today. All right. Well, that's been interesting. Same, same, but different. Love it. Wabi-sabi, love. All right. See you guys. Bye. If you like this episode, you can find all our other episodes either on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. 
Better still, subscribe and make sure you're the first to know when a new episode drops. You can also check us out at www.thednaofmindfulrelationships.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to seeing you next time, and until then, stay mindful. Stay mindful.